A hyena walks onto a stage. He sings the most beautiful waltz any of them have ever heard. The audience applauds, unaware that a waltz is a dance and he's conned them all. The hyena sings it again, beat for beat, identical. The devoted crowd weep and cry for an encore. The hyena delivers. He warbles the entirety of 1986 Richard Gere thriller, No Mercy, in a totally off-key and out-of-time manner. The audience gives the hyena a standing ovation as he walks off stage, proudly counting the ticket sales for his next show. He glances over to the corpse of the top children's entertainer he has just killed. They'll never know there was no hyena suit. That's us. We are the hyena. We are the audience. We are the top children's entertainer. We are Richard Gere. We are Verbal Discharge. This is our show every week, Fridays, here on D1, 5 till 7pm. Verbal Discharge, say hello. How are we today? Pretty good. Fantastic. Good. Good. Glad to hear that. I'd say everything's going uh, relatively swimmingly. Uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning in again for the second instalment mm. in the uh, Verbal Discharge saga. Oh, yeah. let's go, go for saga. Saga's a nice word. I, I think we're a saga. Does, is I, this a saga? I, I think we're definitely a popular magazine for people over the age of 65. <laughs> <coughs> but no, um, if you are listening, thank you for doing so. Um, this is the second ever episode mm-hmm. of Verbal Discharge. We are without, of course, our uh, sometimes fourth guest this week, Benjamin Knight. Yes. So uh, he should presumably be joining us somewhere else down the line. But who who have we got here at the moment? Introduce yourselves, guys. My name um, is... I'm Robbie. Hello. Hey, hey, Robbie. How hey, are you? Hey, Robbie. Hey, James. How are you? I'm, I'm pretty I've good, I've just thanks. ruined the tension of you unveiling your name. No, it's, it's okay. I mean, I'll just have to cancel the fireworks display now. But, I mean, I'm not bitter about <laughs> that it. That radio-friendly fireworks display. Who's this other person? And I'm Jordan Reynolds, and I'm here to soothe you with the tones of my enchanted claxicorn. <laughs> <laughs> enchanted claxicorn? I stole we're, that from Robbie, by the way. Do we, do we have any indication as to what an enchanted claxicorn is? It's it's my favourite item from Game of Thrones, as we established ah, last week. What does it However, actually do? I don't know, uh, I'm, but I've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. However, we've got these people here, but shortly, coming up on the show, they will be entirely different characters. Ooh. As marking the fact that there's a new Mike Lee film out, Mr. Turner. Um, now, Mike Lee... Typically, in order to make his films, he will spend months working with an actor on a character who they will then blow down to be. They will know exactly the character inside out. He will then put them in a room and he'll work them through in chronological order through the story of the film. And he'll get naturalistic performances from all his actors and they win Oscars galore. It's an effective method. His films are usually very, very, very well received. Yeah. And the acting in them is superb. And that's why I'm going to copy this method and see if I can create just as excellent Oscar-worthy performances on this radio show. Oscar-worthy. <laughs> I have. Oscar-worthy. Oscar-worthy might be ambitious, but we'll give by, it our best. By which I mean I'm going to get a bloke called Oscar to come over and say, you're, you're worthy. Oh, um, brilliant. I yeah. miss Oscar. We haven't seen him in so long. So... In order to move on with this, I have written down the character six different characters on either a train ticket. Yeah, I was going to say or a, those on the back of train tickets. They're either on the back of train tickets or the back of a receipt. I I ripped up, seeing as this is nothing if not a a, a high budget we enterprise. Are well, well funded. And I'm going to ask you all to pick or both to pick one at random, and I shall also do the same. And we shall assign this character, and later on we will go on and create our own Mike Lee film. So, Jordan, if you'd go first, I'll if you'd go be for so this kind. I'll train ticket right here, and you. Oh, wow. Am I saying who I am, or. Yeah, oh, go ahead. What's your, who's your character, what's your character's name? Who I, are you going to be playing? I am Nigel Francis. Nigel Francis. We'll find out more about Nigel Francis as we go on. Oh, fascinating. Oh, am I picking? I'm, You're picking, James. I'm going to go for this bit of receipt. Um, customer name, Mr. Robbie Owen. Title, sex, class, and realism. Oh, the th- you mean the thing on the back? I mean the thing on the back. <laughs> oh, um, Woody the- Green. Woody Green, and then 82 in brackets. He's, is that his that's age? his age, that's his age. How old are you, Jordan? I am 39. Or rather, Nigel. Uh, and I shall pick out this, this bit of receipt. I am Kathy Green, 24, the granddaughter of... Woody Green? Or- Woody Green. Ah, okay, so th- there's a bit of a family connection here. So, we'll see how Kathy, Woody and Nigel, Nigel play out later in the show. But for now, here is Daft Punk. They are pretty daft. Listening to D1, 
uh, on the radio. This is Verbal Discharge. Today, uh, you can get in touch with us. We're at Verb Dis Radio on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. We're at Verbal Discharge. If you get in touch with us, hopefully we'll read your comment out. We'll read your tweet out. Uh, we'll have some interactive bits coming up as well. However, first, this, Jordan. Well, last week we had a rather charming little segment from James. Which we was, certainly um, did. The raps through the, was it Shakespearean? It was Shakespearean English, yeah. yeah. Well, seeing as I thought I wanted to take that a bit, make it a bit harder, make it a bit more nonsensical, what better to use than YouTube closed captions? Ah, uh, mm. closed as, captions. Have they ever actually come out with the right thing? Probably just by sheer chance. Put, uh, put a load monkeys, of monkeys yeah. in the room, they'll eventually make the works of Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> Which, as we all know, are mostly rap songs. <laughs> See, we're educational on this show. We're teaching you, the listeners. Are we? Well, that's probably. probably. I don't know. Mm. Um, Go ahead and teach so, us yeah, about. Yeah. So um, the first one I've got here is. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sing this because. <gasps> oh. You have got a beautiful voice. I have a beautiful voice, but it's only for my concerts. Um, <laughs> your hands on farm, stand home charm from neck, strung out and thin. Call in some strange chest change. What? <laughs> what? So, so this, there'll be words that sound similar this, rather than synonyms. Yeah, kind of. Um, could we uh, could we hear it similar. once more? Yeah. Your hands on farm, stands home charm frown neck, stand strung out and thin, call in some strange chest change. I'm going to guess "Sex on Fire" by the Kings of Leon. <laughs> Whoa. Your hands on farm. I don't know where I was going with that one. <laughs> That's probably actually quite a good guess. Um, I have no real advance on that. Yeah, I, so I thought it was it was probably a bit difficult now looking back on it. But it's um, it's Elliot Smith's, which is Needle in the Hay. Oh, oh, of course. Your hands on his arm. See, your that, hands that was on my farm. second guess. Of course, guess. that that hit that we all know and love so so well. Oh well, I, I did. There were a few. <laughs> I think I think I think you'll get this one. Thirst cheese first, I'm the dealer, drop this and lay the whole earl finish, and I'm in chill in guard business. That a, is fancy, Azalea. Yes. Oh, oh, a, a, what a, a tune. A cheese dealer. <laughs> a cheese dealer. A cheese dealer. I've got a, a bit of gorgonzola tonight. Oh, you're right, mate. What have you got? Yeah, yeah you're after a bit of that Edam. Yeah, got some mature cheddar <laughs> for you, yeah. Some of the good stuff. The mozzarella. Yeah. <laughs> We're a thousand tiles from Frankfurt and have travelled trebuchet. Travelled trebuchet? Travelled mm. by trebuchet? I have n- not travelled by trebuchet, just travelled I mean, trebuchet. You'd get trebuchet. there quickly, but your landings would be a bit yes. of a problem. A bit like Ryanair. Yeah. <laughs> I hear their delivery speeds are on fire. No, it doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. It doesn't what? make any sense. Okay, moving on. Just tell us the answer. <laughs> yeah. I've got no guess. Rather be by, the clan, uh, by Clean Bandit. Thousand oh. miles from comfort. Oh, I know that one. Thousand tiles from Frankfurt was what we got <laughs> from um, <laughs> YouTube closed caption. Last one here. Oh no, second to last one. Saturday morning, jump and go, Ted. Pulled on chess route, gatta malata car, race like a check all the way to Dulu. Race like a check. Yes. As in someone to the bank the, or someone from the Czech Republic. Yeah. Um, it was Czech, as in. Czech Republic. Ah, okay. okay. Race like a Czech. Yeah, because knowing the speed that many banks put them through, they don't exactly race. Um, <laughs> Did you just have a sly dig at I the have, banks? I have no idea. Yeah. I've never cashed the check in. I'm having. A, I'm making up jokes in the hope that one of them, someone I've, in the audience, identifies because yes, I hate che- the check speed as well. But no, apparently the Czechs actually race very well. That's why they're always in the 100 meter final in the Olympics. To clarify, if there are any people from the Czech Republic listening, um, we don't hate you. <laughs> Only Robbie does. There's, then there's no one listening. They're all out busying their, trying to improve their personal bests on the 100 meters. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the first three words are the same as the actual song: Saturday morning jump and go Ted. A Saturday morning. Jump. Uh, is this jump? Go by? Ted! You, you're the quickest man in <laughs> the Czech Republic. Is it jump by? I can't remember who it's by. Was it? It wasn't Twisted Sister. It's um. Any ideas, Robbie? You're, you're looking at me in such a way. Is it? You probably. I don't, you might know it. It's a more, could, more recent than some of the songs. I then some of the songs such as 
Beethoven's second. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, go on. The fifth was better. Rude by Magic. Um, rude by Magic? Yeah. Is it, is it rude? Is it a rude is it song? Rude? It's, it not, was it's not rude. It's about a man very... who just wants to get married. Aww. Aww. And the well. last one... Which I wouldn't get, so I don't know how you're going to get it. <laughs> get NASA today for you. Here I'll shared street your credit card. See its own deceits. Your credit card? Oh, there's an observation with humour I can make in there. If this only I... is quite clearly guillotine by death grips, <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? You wish it was. I, I really do wish it was. It's. Um, I got uh, the nasty in that text. <laughs> <laughs> Can't uh, finish that. Those few bars there. No, okay, I was going to give an absurd answer for comedy purposes. When but the sun goes down that. by the Arctic monkeys. Oh, ah. That's a song that, that exists. That was my song. second guess. That's oh, yeah. such a pain. But no, good good, good segment. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, did we keep a running tally of who was... Did anyone get I don't think any anyone got right. any of them I right. Said, I got fancy. Yes, you got fancy right. <laughs> James wins. I'm, I am so fancy. <laughs> And, I mean, obviously, now the listeners already know. First cheese thirst. <laughs> Quick shout-out to Ash Pedder's mum. She's very kindly not told us what the actual name of her mother is. But um, congratulations on your uh, wedding on Wednesday. Hope it all went well. No, congratulations, it's fantastic to hear. If you've got any more personal highlights that you want us to cover in our show, <laughs> then, yeah. Okay, um, I'm going to move on to something else now. Okay. Does anyone remember Gamer Grub? Gamer Grub. Gamer Grub. Gamer Grub. Gamer Grub. It was, was this, yeah. Was this that small parasite that played a lot of Tetris? <laughs> yes. No, uh. it was um, a company. I, I don't know the company's name, but I'm not promoting them. Basically, they, <laughs> they released a bag of nuts. It was literally, it was a bag of nuts. And they went, this is Gamer Grub. This is for gamers. They clearly, someone in a marketing team went, uh, what demographic doesn't currently have a product specifically suited to them, similar to popcorn or whatever? I don't know. Let's muscle in on the territory. Let's release a bag of nuts and call it Gamer Grub. I like how you have not only dissected the product itself, but the marketing marketing strategy behind it. Yeah. No, it's, it's very obvious though, and like all the adverts looked a bit like Space Invaders or something. Ah, okay. and it was yeah. But so, this is a game. You've played yeah. a game. You will <laughs> like this food. You've heard of Tomb Raider, right? Oh, haven't oh, we all? Tetris. Buy this cabbage. <coughs> what year was this in? Probably about 2010 or something. 20? I think I think they still sell it. It was fairly recently. It's recent? Yeah. Oh, wow. Really? I yeah. I, Space Invaders, so I instantly thought, what, 1987? <laughs> no, it's sort of, it's died down, but I think they still sell it. You can still get hold of it if you particularly want some gamer grub. If you're having one of those long marathons on your, your Xbox, then perhaps you can get hold of some oh, gamer grub. Kids these days with their video games and their rap music. <laughs> However, I have exclusively found out... Some new products from the same makers of Gamer Grub that oh. they're planning to release in the upcoming year. Oh, fantastic. Brilliant. We'd love to hear more. Okay, so the first one for any film fans out there, this is Movie Munch. Uh, so you is that take, just popcorn? or Take the step into the screen with Movie Munch, the new kind of particle that makes it taste like Captain America is punching you in the face. I've that sounds f- interesting. Okay. I've lost a few teeth to yeah. movie munch. <laughs> you may have to visit a dentist afterwards. You take one bite, face implodes. A and E. Then CD, CD baps. CD baps. Oh, CD, man. CD baps. Okay. Um, right. Delicious seed covered bread rolls for people who refuse to ris- rip discs into their computers or are in cars. <laughs> added feature the ability to take them out of your mouth check them for a fa- flavour set list realise it's not there then search the rest of the relevant location for the case whilst your wife moans about your lack of organisation and inability to let go somehow linking this back to the affair you didn't actually even have back in 2008 and noth- where nothing nothing happened honestly Claire wife sold separately is that what it says on the uh, on the advert? That's the official synopsis for <laughs> CD CD Baps. Right at the end, sort of the the subtitles below the bottom, the, the little <laughs> captions. Your experience may differ. <laughs> Wife sold separately. Um, then Twitter tick twiglets, Twitter twiglets. That is to say it again. Uh, it's bags of delicious baby sticks. Baby sticks. Baby sticks, oh, wow. which is what twiglets are basically, aren't they? 
Um, baby sticks. <laughs> baby <laughs> they sticks. They taste like sticks. Uh, they contain and babies. Each of them, then they contain less than 140 in each packet. You want does not endorse the eating of babies. <laughs> we, we should make that quite abundantly clear. Don't eat children. Uh, sometimes, though, with the packet of Twitter twiglets, you get a self-administered photo of someone you went to school with sat in the park gurning, just as a little Twittery-themed bonus. Ah. For, for all the Twitter fans out there, everyone that tweets with the little bird. Okay, and then the next item they're releasing is exotic berries for exotic dancers. Oh, okay. Right. So, Refuel your passion for removing fashion with these seedless tree orbs from foreign lands such as Cambodia, Scunthorpe, and Nigel. <laughs> Nigel? Nigel, that foreign country. Uh, we, we, we've all heard of Nigel. No, you haven't. It's too exotic. Uh, and then the final <laughs> item... It's so exotic, you probably haven't heard of it. Does everyone on Nigel wear sort of like thick-rimmed glasses and scarves? Yes. Oh. Um... Okay, and the final item for all the bookworms out there. Reading rum for reading... No, sorry, red rum for reading fun. Is it over there? Red rum, red rum over there. Finally, (laughs) a drink just for readers. Whether you're thumbing through Tolstoy or picking up a copy of Dan Brown's Inferno in order to end it all. Uh, Reading uh, rum for reading fun is a perfect drink for all word guzzlers. Word guzzlers. I like how you overshadowed Leo Tolstoy with... Dan Brown. Yeah. Yeah, I can see someone picking up a copy of Dan Brown's Inferno and some red rum for reading fun and just having a quiet evening before hanging themselves. Mm, I can see it. I mean, the last time I read a Dan Brown book, I I got through, I think, the first chapter and then decided, no, that's it. That's it. I'm ending it all. You know, last week when we pretended I was dead and you said it was for a sniper? Yeah. No, I just read the first chapter of Angels and Demons. <laughs> and decided, for the purposes of this, I'm going to just end absolutely Broadcasting everything. Broadcasting live into your student union shops, Keddies and Artique. This, this is D1. Almost half an hour into the show now. Oh my, that has flown by. How have we got to half an hour already? We haven't. It's time being an illusion. Time does not actually exist. Now, um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but uh, users of the popular purchasing service Amazon are capable of leaving reviews. Uh, One Mm. such thing which gathers a lot of attention is the reviews for certain films that people have purchased the DVDs of, or especially now they've got Amazon Instant. Yes. I found a uh, a Twitter uh, profile. We'll link to it on our Twitter. Speaking of which, follow at Verbdis Radio. That collects the best... And most brilliant of these uh, these movie reviews, and I, I just thought I, sh- I could share a few of the uh, the choice ones. I would I would love for you to share that with us. So this first one is uh, for the movie Pacific Rim. Yes, I'm sure you're on about the movie in which Idris Elba cancels the apocalypse. <laughs> um, this is a review by Rita Falter. Uh, the title of her review is simply "Mistake," and she has given it one star out of five. She says. I must have chosen Pacific Rim by mistake. I know I did not read it, so cannot make any comments. I can tell she didn't read it. <laughs> she can tell she didn't read it. I assume she didn't, because it's a film. <laughs> I'm baffled as to what product she's actually acquired there. Could what you she- imagine a, a novelization of Pacific Rim? Oh, it'd Just, be And so- then he hit the big monster, and then the big monster hit him back, and then Idris Elba came on, and he shouted a bit, and then the, <laughs> the other bloke, Charlie Watts-his-face, came on, and he was just sort of there on screen, sort of filling a gap, and then more monsters hit more robots, and it was, it was actually pretty entertaining. The next one I've got is for the film The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. Um, this is by Sally Lewis Slizaki. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that. She's given it one star and said, probably the worst comedy I've watched in ages. <laughs> <laughs> now, for those of you that aren't aware, The Conjuring is not a comedy. <laughs> no, it's a decidedly of average horror film. She says, probably the worst comedy I've watched in ages. I watched this movie with Angus. Who's <laughs> <It was> Angus? <laughs> I watched this movie with Angus and we both thought a lot. Don't know what thought that's meant. Thought a lot. Thought. T-H-O-T. We both thought a lot. Don't know what that means. <laughs> I think you want to go to the doctor. I'd get that checked out, Sally. She says, I, um, I though, I assume it's meant to be, I thought that Jim Carrey's performance was just... <laughs> what? 
I've, okay. got, I've got no idea how this has happened. I thought Jim Carrey's performance was just god-awful. I also thought this movie was highly inappropriate for my five-year-old daughter. She began to cry so loud that I couldn't even hear the dialogue. I'm not good at lip-reading. <laughs> For the sake of clarification as well, Jim Carrey is very much not in The Conjuring. He might have made that in some way entertaining. This next one, short but sweet, Toy Story 3, Mm. one star, didn't like Tom Hanks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But who does? Who does? I like Tom Hanks. Who doesn't like like Tom Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks is a wonderful human. Have you seen his son, Colin Hanks? Yes. Who looks exactly like him. And then you've also got his brother, who does all of the video games and merchandising for Woody. Oh, who really? does the voice for him? Yeah, because clearly Tom Hanks, Oscar-winning star, it's, he doesn't have time to do the constant Toy Story merchandise. Though he does have time for the full film, which is of course in the works for 2017. <laughs> um, this next one is for the. Uh, I'm sure we'll all remember the classic Free Willy, mm. the very endearing, charming tale of a boy who tries to rescue a whale, a killer whale. I think it's called Shamu or something. I don't know. I've never seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, this was by uh, Andrew. There's no surname, just Andrew. Andrew. Y- you know, Andrew. We all know Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> he has given the movie one star. Okay. And has simply titled the review Stupid Whale. <laughs> <laughs> the review says Went into too much trouble to save the whale, the kid did. They should have killed the whale and ate it. <laughs> I've got, that would have resolved the conflict that, in the movie a lot quicker. Far shorter film. Yeah, yeah, a lot shorter and a lot more brutal. (laughs) It it then just becomes sort of a family barbecue side comedy. (laughs) I I assume that barbecue side comedy is a genre of film. Yeah, it's it's actually what the uh, the Conjuring, the film they were watching, was. Um, This is another one again by Andrew, our beloved uh, beloved (laughs) friend Andrew. We all love him. Um, This is for the Curse of Michael. Sorry, Halloween, the Curse of Michael Myers. Right. Yeah. He says, the movie was really scary. I assume he means scary, but it, but apparently it it's had a physical Michael, effect on him. Michael Myers is very scarred, if I remember correctly. He goes on to say, I hate Michael Myers. He's a stupid actor. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm not sure where they're getting the impression for this one. And this, this is probably the best one from this segment. This is a review from C. Salater. Mm. Uh, for Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. Yes. One star review saying, I hated this trilogy. (laughs) Um. They they go on to elaborate, another bad film for children to follow that is going to give them a lack of past information. Not to mention some of the sellers sold me bad discs and did not refund me. I think the entire trilogy is a waste of time. (laughs) (laughs) The entire trilogy. The lack of past information. I assume what has happened is they have seen this film without seeing the others mm. and consequently <laughs> have no idea what's going on. Or maybe it's just they don't inform you on history. Yeah, or possibly. The, the lack of... Maybe there's no information about the past in Harry Potter. Maybe, maybe. No I, don't, I, I didn't watch it wanting to know about the fall of the Berlin Wall. I mean, <laughs> when I last time I watched Chamber of Secrets, mm. Secrets, 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 my favourite Secrets, Secrets. My favourite Secrets. My favourite Harry Potter and the Secrets. Ron Weasley and the Hermione Granger. But no, I really liked the bit that was the forty-minute long segment about the founding of Rolls Royce. That that was hands down best part of the trilogy. Live from your student union, this is D1. There comes a time in, well, many people's lives where they find themselves saying something they didn't quite mean. Sometimes it's a Freudian slip. (laughs) We've got two hours of this every week. (laughs) Sometimes they just say silly things. And if you relate that back to the courtroom, Mm -hmm. well, everything's always on a permanent recording. Mm -hmm. So... No matter what little slip-up you have, it's always going to be there. It's there. It's documented. So I've got some um, little courtroom quotes just here for you. Um, things that both lawyers, witnesses, and the accused, they've all said. So you've got um <laughs> first one here. I like this one. Um, the lawyer says, what gear were you in at the moment of impact? And the witness says, well, um, I was in my Gucci sweatpants and Reeboks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. 
Yeah, so I could I could forgive that almost. That's fantastic. Uh, did, they, did they have a similar moment where having beat someone over the head, they said, "What was your clobber?" As in asking for the action, <laughs> and they went, "Ah, I was wearing jeans. Yeah. I was wearing my Levi's." <laughs> <laughs> no, um, sorry, sorry. Um, so here's another one, right? The the lawyer lawyer says to the witness, who in this case is a woman. Uh, says, what was the first thing your husband said to you in the morning? And the witness says, he said, where am I, Cathy? And the lawyer goes, so why did that upset you? And she says, well, my name is Susan. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that that would be quite offensive to you, you'd imagine. Yeah. I, I can appreciate her irritation. Um, the best, some of the funnier ones are just one-liners from the lawyers here. Mm-hmm. So, the lawyer here who asked, "How far apart were the vehicles at time of collision?" Right. Oh, okay, right. Uh, they were uh, minus one meter crumpled into mm-hmm. each other. Uh. Um, so you were gone until you returned. Is <laughs> another, another one. <laughs> Oh, I love this. This is good. Yeah. So you got a lawyer here who goes, have you lived in this town all your life? And the witness goes, well, not yet, I haven't. <laughs> um, Unless it's the, I'm, of course, the, 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 the I've lost the word. Um, what are the word I'm looking for? I don't know, The Robin. man that got killed in the court. Him. Never mind. Move on, Jordan. Oh, yeah. Actually, that, 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 that comes to an interesting segue. Are you talking about the lawyer back about 50 years ago in America who said... The man, this man did not murder this man. The guy shot himself in the head, and to illustrate, he pulls his own gun out and shoots himself in the head. By really? a- completely by accident. I was not aware of this, but surely you'd be aware that you were putting a loaded gun to your head. Some of the or best. Was he, yeah. like, Why really- was he? This was before they introduced kind of background checks and I'm any level of security. So. It in might court. be longer than fifty years. Ago. Or was he-, he? Was he a really like comically ditzy lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> That's just like him, but he'll be back in next week's cartoon in the paper. I imagine that after he did it and his head painted the wall, there was just silence, shot silence, and one guy in the back sniggering to himself. (laughs) You'd have to laugh. You'd think, though, if I was a criminal and I was taken into a courtroom in which guns are perfectly legal, I'd just shoot the place up. And then (laughs) when they catch me again, I'll bring another gun in and kill them. I don't. I think it's you guys all right. have got to learn. I think it's all right for the lawyers to carry guns. I'm not so much sure about like a mass murder. Okay, if it was a definite guilty sentence and I was the uh, the the attorney defending them, I would maybe we'll see. <laughs> I'd sn- smuggle one over. One hundred percent pass rate. Debates <laughs> no. about gun control aside, Jordan, yeah, shall uh, we continue? Yeah, the, there's another one here. Lawyer who asks a doctor who's in the witness stand. Um, did, did you say he was shot in the forest? And the doctor goes, no, I said he was shot in the lumbar region. <laughs> I d- these are actually all recorded things. I found these on proper transcripts for court cases. Uh, these, are, these are good. I like these. Have these you read every court case? I then? wish I'd read every court case, but some of them are ultimately Ooh, that, yeah, as, as much as you get some juicy and funny ones, there'd be some just drivel. These are more of the sort of um, lower down cases. Yeah. And, you yeah. Know. Um, the last one I've got here is the lawyer who says, were you acquainted with the deceased? And the witness says, yes, sir. And the lawyer then again asks him, before or after he died? <laughs> and now it's time for Mike Lee's Verbal Discharge, starring Jordan Reynolds as... Nigel Francis. Starring... James Bosson as Woody Green and starring Robbie Owen as Kathy Green (laughs) we find our heroes on a cliff face hello I'm from the BBC I'm Nigel Francis and as you can see here on this cliff face there is a awful perpendicular western hemisphere oh come back here Tony come back here Tony you're my Alsatian oh good lord what are oh. you doing in shot, woman? Hello, I'm Kathy Green, and I'm my Alsatian. Sorry, she's running across. I'm a big fan of your work, Nigel. This is bloody typical. I come to a cliffside to try and kill myself, and there's a bloody camera crew here. <laughs> Never a moment's respite for me, Woody Green, 82, former chef. <laughs> oh, Granddad, what are you doing here? Ready to kill yourself? Oh no, oh, it's, it's my loving granddaughter, Kathy Green. 
who is the, my sole reason to keep living? I can't let you kill yourself, Grandad. No, Kathy, it's it's been too much. My, my days as a former chef are behind me. I've got no taste buds anymore. I'd live solely by eating gravel. <laughs> oh, no, I still don't understand why you want to kill yourself rather than live in the cushy retirement home I've set up for you. Or if um, no grandmother's dead, isn't she? Because I'm... <laughs> <laughs> because I've, I'm just I'm just sick and tired of it and we've got to keep the plot to the new Mike Lee film moving. <laughs> so that's it. No, don't don't try and stop me. No. I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna kill myself. But I'm trying to stop you. That's my main character description. If you both don't stop, I'm gonna push you off myself. I'm trying to do weather here. Oh no, it's a, it's a comically <laughs> northern weatherman. <laughs> Hello, comically northern weatherman. I told you I'm a big fan already. Don't what? you go fraternising with that weatherman, Cathy. I don't want a repeat of old Chappelle down the shop. Chappelle was a good man, father. He was Grandfather. not. He wasn't good enough for you, Cathy. I'm famous for my pink coat. Exactly, he's famous for his pink coat. I'm recently widowed. Oh, I hear I'm expressing attitudes that are outdated. <laughs> oh, your pink coat's a bit... Flamboyant, but I'm allowed to say that because I'm 82 and I'm depressed. (laughs) (laughs) So, are you over being widowed yet, Mr. Nigel? Well, actually, Cathy, I'm glad that you asked. It's interesting that your voice changed. (laughs) (laughs) Do you? I'm a social worker, age 24. Do you want to go on a date, but not to see Gone Girl because I've already seen it and I didn't care for it much? No, Cathy, don't go on a date with this. With this vocally inconsistent weatherman. <laughs> okay, I won't go on a date with the weatherman if you don't kill yourself ever, Grandad. Oh no, it's going to be Ender World. It's a deal. Whoa, what a thrilling, heartwarming conclusion to the latest Mike Lee masterpiece that received five stars in every newspaper and is getting rave reviews from the Cannes Film Festival. Broadcasting live into your student union shops, Keddies and Artique. This is D1. You can get in touch with us either using the Facebook and Twitter and so on for the station, as just mentioned there, or do it straight to us, which we're more likely to look at. And if you do send us something, we shall perhaps at least think about talking about it and then possibly talk about it and give you a shout out, potentially, maybe. But first, this. So, um, I've got a book here. Mm. Now, I know that may come as a surprise to confirm and to quell the rumours. Yes, I am capable of reading. <laughs> are I'm... you, to go with your drink, no, go with your, go with your book even, are you going to be drinking some delicious red rum for reading fun? Very, very likely. Red rum, red rum over there. You won't get that joke. Some listeners will. So, um, a while mm. ago, I was walking through our wonderful city of Darbados, <laughs> and I was confronted by this sort of, I'm not sure what to call it, it was almost sort of a stand. They'd basically taken residence in an abandoned old shop, uh, hmm. just a vacant space, and they were just giving away books oh, that they'd yeah, gathered. Yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. one. I don't think it's there anymore, but it was there for a good few weeks. You'd just go in, pick up as many as you wanted, um, and go. And so I went in, um, picked up a few, went to the front, say, oh, hi, can I have these books? Yeah. And they were stamping them all out, sort of logging them for me. And they were just at closing time. And the woman who was sort of stamping my box said, could you do me a big favour and take this one as well? Because no one else will take it. Which, so I, I agreed. And she gave me the Illuminati Papers by Robert Anton Wilson. And it is quite possibly the strangest book I've, I've ever encountered. I can't help but feel the way she gave it to you. There's some sort of curse that's been laid upon it. I assume so. I think we'll all probably be uh, set alight and uh, the entire studio will burn down and we'll all be melted. Was she a witch? Probably. Was she visibly witchy? You know, the fact that she was hovering on a broom and cackling did catch my attention. That should have been the giveaway, normally. But um, in this book, it's on on the back, for example, it says, Mm -hmm. warning, this book may change your life. I can't quite figure out what the agenda of the book is, but it's full of all these weird little nuggets of information, Mm. such as courage is a habit like any other, so is cowardice. And there's another one here saying, Mm. stupidity is a contagious sociosomatic disturbance which afflicts us all. Are these papers or propaganda? I don't know. There's, There's a bunch of sort of papers and articles from a variety of authors. 
and seemingly randomly at various points in the book, there's ran strange little nuggets of information, uh, little cartoons, and specifically, there are quizzes. <laughs> so, oh. I'm going to give you, from the Illuminati Papers by Robert Anton Wilson, the Neophobia slash Neophilia Quiz. Okay, okay, are we ready? Okay. Five, okay. five questions. Is this, do we like or dislike the main character in The Matrix? <laughs> I think so. I think that's all it is. <laughs> yes or no, is Keanu Reeves a good actor? <clears throat> okay, was, I think we can, all, we can all answer that pretty comprehensively. Go on, go ahead. So, question one. Um, I think what we'll do is, we'll go through the first five questions. Yep. I'll give you the answers. And then we'll we'll tally up who who did the best, and okay. we'll, we'll declare a victor. So, question one: Add the next term to the series: walk, ride horseback, fly <laughs> by jet. What? What is the next term in that series? I'll repeat: walk, ride horseback, fly by jet, launch blank. by rocket. Launch. Okay, I'll, I'll make a note of that, Robbie. Uh, visit the Debenham sale. Visit the Debenham sale. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll make a note of both of those. I can only imagine that's where they're all headed. Okay, we'll, we'll revisit those. I'll actually just... Sorry, just one moment. Uh, right, I've made a quick note of that. So, question two. There is a magic machine with two buttons, each of which will create a quality among humans. You will push A, the button that makes everyone equally poor, or B, the button that makes everybody equally rich. Oh, wait a second. That's, that's quite a good question, actually. It's interesting. It is interesting. But isn't it the same thing? Oh, yeah. too deep for me. It, much like that scene in The Incredibles, when everybody's rich, nobody is. I remember that that sequence from the Wolf of Wall Street and The Incredibles crossover. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'd say make everyone rich because it just makes me sound like a better person. Okay. Well, I'll go for make everyone poor then. Okay, okay, interesting. Okay. Horrific excuse Again. for a human being. Thank you, Robbie. So, question three. <laughs> there are more scientists alive today than in all previous history. Toffler, among others, says this means we will have more changes in the next 30 years than in all previous history. We should therefore, A, force half or more of the scientists to become shoe clerks or grocers <laughs> <laughs> so the things don't thing- change too fast. These are the actual options. <laughs> the actual, actual options mm-hmm. written by Robert Thingy McThing Thing. Option B. Establish a government committee to supervise all scientific research, thereby slowing it down even more. Or C. Learn to raise general intelligence to cope with change. I'd go, I'd go for C. C? Okay, raise general intelligence. I, I, I would have said C, were it not for the fact that A is such a fantastic idea just for <laughs> someone to get underway... <laughs> to retraining all scientists to be shoe clerks because frankly it's, it's it's a difficult job what, to make a shoe shoes clerk? yeah and besides they wouldn't have the interest if they're there to cure cancer right <laughs> and you go no no instead you're going to work in clerks you're going to knock out kids shoes okay, okay i think they may i mean it may lead to mass scientist suicides Shoe clerk suicide, rather. <laughs> they used to be award-winning physicists, but now they, they work at Clark's. The Shoe Clerk Academy is going to have a large drop in figures the following year. Do you remember the uh, the Clark's socks they used to get, bring out if you didn't have any socks? And yes. they bring out this crusty, mangy yes. old pair that yeah. every kid and their bloody hamsters had worn. <laughs> they they're specifically blood splattered hamsters. They're, oh, they're oh, war oh, veteran oh. hamsters. Sorry, we're getting off topic. So, question number four. The accepted opinions of today will seem quite and somewhat inaccurate by A, the year 2000, B, the year 2050, or C, the year 2100. It's Two. worth mentioning this book was published in 1980. So I'll that say, should inform your opinion. I'll say 2000. Okay, right. Two, well, these ideas seem pretty... Quaint and quaint. somewhat inaccurate. <laughs> I wouldn't go as far as inaccurate. Um, 2080, I'm okay. going to say, because I'm nothing if not supportive. 2080 wasn't an option. Okay. <laughs> but, but okay, I'll accept that. Whichever's anyway. the furthest out. T- uh, the year 2100. 100, okay, yes. Okay, I'll accept that. Okay. So, the fifth and final question. I've made a note of all of them so far. Add the next term to the series. It's another one of these. Okay. Stone tablet. Ink and paper, 
Global TV, what? I, iPad's the obvious answer, isn't was, it? But I, I don't want to give like, it. Touch screen or something like that. Touch screen. Okay. Okay. So we, we, PSP. PSP, and are PSP. you going for just touch screen? I'll go for touch screen, yeah. Okay, right. So, I've tallied up your answers. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just go to the answers very quickly. Um, <laughs> I like the fact we've moved... The, the state of evolution, as far as that last question is concerned, is that essentially we've moved on from a stone tablet to just... Ugh. Basically, TV. the way evolution, revolution, and technology has worked, it's just enabled us to play Ridge Racer. That's where the joke was going. Um, oh, right. It was just oh, a okay. terrible attempt at humour, um, referring to a popular video game title. I am, in many ways, like the gamer grub branding. Okay, so I've uh, I've counted up your answers, what you got right and wrong. Mm. And I can... <laughs> so there's a right and wrong answer? <laughs> there are right are those? and wrong Okay, so... go on. This is in the uh, answers to the Neophobia slash Neophilia quiz. Mm -hmm. There are no correct answers. The future depends on the decisions you and I (laughs) make in the next hour, the next week, the next decade. www.facebook.com slash d1radio or tweet us at d1radio. Okay, Flincher. Flincher. Are we all familiar with Flincher? Flincher. Flintshire. Flintshire. No, Flintshire. I am not familiar with it Flintshire. It is so. a county in England, and they have a wide range of activities available for families for half term, which was last week just gone. Do you want to know some of and these it's activities? It's a shame you families have missed it all. <laughs> uh, however, these are all still open if you're particularly oh, excited. Open. Yes, this comes on behalf of the Flincher Daily Post. This is an article I found on there, uh, which was sent to them. It was this list of the top five things to do for families in Flincher on behalf of the Flincher Tourist Activities, their tourist board, who are the people (laughs) that know the top five things to do for families in Flincher. I'm I'm ready for some excitement here. Number five, leisure centres. Oh... Many activities, including swimming, ice skating, and a gym. Oh, not a gym. families at uh, Deeside Leisure Centre, Jade Jones Pavilion Flint, named after the Olympic gold medalist. So congratulations, Clay. Something good's come out of Flincher. Um, (laughs) And leisure centres in Hollywell, Mould, Buckley, and Connors Quay. If I just interject, when was going to the gym a family (laughs) activity? Hey, Timmy, here. (laughs) Look at my son, he can bench press 520 pounds. That's it, you're bringing your whole family, the little girl, the mother, the dad, the son, they're all going together to go on a cross trainer. Okay, <laughs> Come on, kids, who wants to go on the treadmill? Yeah, Number four. I want to go on the rowing machine, daddy. <laughs> You'll go on the cross trainer. <laughs> Number four, um, Werp Park. Werp Park. Uh, 160 acres, including... Ancient woodland and open spaces. <laughs> <laughs> as you'd expect. As uh, you'd expect. So pretty, Ancient woodland, yep. specifically, as well. I imagine it's basically a museum. Actually, we, and, we laugh at that, but I, I used to find just going in the woods as a kid and getting a massive stick and hitting mm. things was, like, the best time of my life. Yeah. 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 So yeah. maybe you should take your family to Werp Park, <laughs> or you could take the number three, and bearing in mind they... they Powered all leisure centres is number five. Right. Number three is Greenfield Valley Heritage Park, which is seventy-acre oh. country park, which includes industrial history, a museum, farm, not a farm. The other say a, just farm, just farm. Just farm. <laughs> Maybe it's like a human farm. They farm you, or is it just what happens? You you go there, you just farm. <laughs> Come on, kids, who wants to get these radishes? <laughs> And regular activities for children. I imagine that's a sort of fairly normal activities rather than they're on a regular basis. <laughs> Wait, does it actually say regular activities? <laughs> regular activities for children. Regular never... or irregular? Regular. You know oh. regular. Who farm? Who farm? Who farm? H-O-O farm. I haven't. We used to, we used to get t- took there all the time during primary school and there were like regular activities for kids just like that. You know what it was? It was like <laughs> a cardboard cutout of a cow that you could milk. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you milk it? It had like a proper like rubber udder thing and you had to pull on it really hard. Did milk come out? Yes. <laughs> 
that's brilliant. brilliant. That's brilliant. That should be. That'll probably make number one I on spent, this list. Like, well, the rest, the ninety-nine percent of the day, going, my feet hurt. <laughs> you know what? To be honest with you, like as much as we could say that's for kids, there was a part of me then that was like, I'd love to milk a cow, <laughs> even just a cardboard cutout <laughs> of a cow. Okay, number two is Danger Point. Danger Point. <laughs> Danger Point. Um, it's an educational activity centre providing hands-on safety equipment, especially for children and young people. Danger Point sounds like an Anthony Horowitz novel. (laughs) It's Stephen King's latest. Uh, um, An educational activity centre providing... That doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. An educational activity centre. It sounds like it's a sort of... Don't jump off a cliff. Don't yeah. do drugs. Have you ever sat down, like when you've just been introduced to your new job, and you do your induction? And they make you sit there for four hours and watch DVDs on mm. "Don't set fire to the customer's hair." <laughs> <laughs> don't I remember leave, these. Don't leave your broadsword on the counter. <laughs> you know the, the common sense thing. That's not fun. Back That's the second I, best thing in Flincher. When I worked at McDonald's for a brief period of time, um, we got shown a bunch of these videos, and one of them you've got to do sort of this quiz, and it's sort of multi-choice. So be, you see a burger on the floor. Do you A, serve it, B, <laughs> eat it, C, throw it away? And you could see people in the room with you just like really struggling. Like, oh, 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 is it, could I not just brush it off? Say it's like a Big Mac with special dust. And people wonder why we've got 12% unemployment. Okay, and number one, the, number, the top thing to do in Flincher is... Hollywell Pet Cemetery and award <laughs> <laughs> award-winning cafe and gardens. Pet Cemetery. The pet Cemetery. It's <laughs> a top day out for kids. I've got a quote here from its owner, Jason Ward, who says, "It's not a normal cemetery. We live here, and we have chickens and ducks and our spaniel who loves to play with kids." The Pet Cemetery. Come on, kids, who wants to come see where Mr. Bubbles the goldfish is resting? Can you imagine how depressing it must be for those chickens, ducks and spaniel as well? To be constantly confronted with the idea of their own death. Just running through like, oh, this is your Uncle Tony... This is this is another chicken. This is Mister Mister Chicken, the the squawk man. Um, <laughs> who yeah, in the ground. The quote continues from Jason Ward, owner of Hollywell Pet Cemetery and award-winning cafe and gardens. Don't know what awards it's won. I've looked them up, and it, it doesn't list the awards. It just said they've won awards. And this year's Pet Cemetery Awards. <laughs> um, he says it's a nice, calm, and relaxing place. It's a nice, calm, relaxing graveyard. <laughs> with a positive atmosphere <laughs> a positive atmosphere it's a cemetery for pets yeah. This is, yeah that's where they bury like cute dogs like if you look on the internet all the cats keyboard cats probably buried there probably positive atmosphere and that's why people come here and enjoy themselves according to jason ward people love the graveyard Oh, well, it sounds like a fun enough place. Yeah. Are we all booking our holidays to Flincher now? Oh, you betcha. I am going to uh, be enjoying up a storm in the pet <laughs> cemetery. <laughs> Believe you me. Or the hits. Playing all day on your student radio station. D1. These guys were just wanting to do a funny show on the radio. You won't believe what happened next. 21 reasons why big mediums are the most generic pens ever. Number 17 killed me. They wanted to do a funny segment on the radio. What happened next restored my faith in humanity. In this modern day and age where anyone and everyone is somehow horrifyingly linked to social media, it's very rare to come across someone who doesn't have Facebook. So, if you're listening to this, here and now, it's very likely that you, yes you, dearest listener, have a Facebook profile of your own. If this is the case, it's very likely that at some stage of your perusing and abusing of the site, you will have come across the phenomenon known as clickbait. Clickbait is a plague that has descended onto the internet and tries to entice potential readers or viewers into subjecting themselves to whatever tedious bloody torture has been linked to on whichever Facebook post I'm grumpy about. The way it does this is by using a tested and ultimately tired series of messages most of them revolving around, this will change your life, and you won't believe this. You know what? You probably will believe it. Often if you ever have the actual required stupidity to follow these links, and yes, I have done this, you'll be taken to something so startlingly mundane and dull that you'll begin to question why you even still bother to use Facebook at all. Of course, 
Number 17, won't change your life and restore your faith in your own inability to reason what is and is not worth clicking on. Instead, you'll arrive at the other side of the link, staring at number 17 on the hastily thrown together series of gifts, finding that instead of hitting a dazzling epiphany that forever changes and improves your life, you're watching a shortly looped gif of Benedict Cumberbatch vomiting into a waste paper basket. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that Benedict Cumberbatch vomiting into a waste paper basket isn't interesting. I'm saying that you shouldn't watch it under the pretense of it changing your life for the better. If Sergeant Sherlock slash Smorg wants to vomit into a waste paper basket, then he's well within his rights to do so. I'm not going to stop him. In fact, were I there, I'd probably be holding back his hair, patting him on the back and gently whispering, There, there, Cumberbabes. It'll all be okay. Into his tumbler-adored ear holes. But unlike Cumberbatch, things won't be okay for us. Until we band together and agree as a social media-drowned society to put a stop to this clickbait absurdity, we can never move on. Which is why we, the Verbal Discharge team, are starting our campaign to have every single BuzzFeed employee round up in the night and shot. Why? Because we care. Because we care enough to dream of a Facebook without clickbait, without BuzzFeed gift lists, without a puddle of Benedict Cumbersick linked to every 30 seconds. Only then can we band together and turn Facebook back to the way it used to be, a good-willed hub of stalking the profiles of mild acquaintances and looking up people you went to school with, only to think, oh, are they not dead yet? James Bosson, Discharge News. Thank you. Get, get in touch with us www.facebook.com slash d1radio or tweet us at d1radio. Never lie. To Mr. Robbie Owen. Uh, uh, see, um, last week Robbie did a segment on Game of Thrones, which he told us his favourite points. Of uh, course, yeah. Robbie's never seen Game of Thrones. I've seen literally none of the episodes, and I uh, love it. Well, <laughs> every single one. About what four or five months ago? Yeah. yeah. Robbie, Robbie asked me if I'd seen Francis Ha. No, 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 no. No, I mentioned why doesn't everyone watch Francis Ha? Look Hart? at how defensive which, he's getting at already. At which point, Jordan said, "Oh, I'll go and watch it." The following day, Jordan sent me a message saying, I've just watched Francis Ha, and I, I love, he said, I really rather loved it, and said you were going to show it to your parents. And it seemed sincere and genuine, and you started to talk about how it connected with you in a deep and meaningful way, and how wonderful Greta Gerwig was, and how it was generally the best film of the last God knows how long. Did I say Greta Continue. Gerwig? No, you didn't. Okay. Um, <laughs> he remembers things I didn't even say. Anyway, so... Francis Ha is mm. basically a movie about a 67-year-old woman who just wants to dance, but she lost all of her limbs in Vietnam. Am I right, Robbie? Yeah. That no, was. no, I, but I, continue. I'm, I'm Robbie now. Yes, yes, yes that is what happened. That yeah. is perfectly a description of Francis Ha. One of my favourite parts of Francis Ha is when Samwise Ganji, he, he carries her up to Mount Flume, in the middle of more dance floor to train with the ancient Jedi blade dancers of yore. Ah, that's such a good scene. Such a good scene. With the Bowie soundtrack as well. I know it's a visual gag, but I really could wish you could see the way Robbie is looking at me right now. Robbie has like a look of just pure spite washed across his face. No, the, 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 the shame here isn't Jordan mocking it or me or any of this. It's the fact that he hasn't seen the most <laughs> wonderful, that's a, heartfelt, That's a bold stance to take, thing. given your mockery of Game of Thrones yes. last week, despite <laughs> having no basis for not liking it. It wasn't a mockery. I love Game of Thrones. But you've never seen it. Exactly. <laughs> when she returns from Mount Moor dance floor, she returns back into the Matrix, realising there is no spoon. Allowing her, to dance with, <laughs> allowing her to dance with nothing but her mind and some cyborg legs that have been painfully grafted onto her by Emperor Palpatine. Have, you know that thing, um, that thing that um, you did earlier with the closed captions? Yeah. Have you just done that to my Game of Thrones segment from last week? <laughs> uh, that, that, that's not a bad idea, but you'd have to say that on YouTube for me to do it. The, okay, yeah. okay, I... The thing is available as a podcast, of course, um, which you can find on our Facebook and Twitter. Okay, plug it but Unless, actually, yeah. we're, we're sort of travelling through time somehow. What if the people listening to this are actually listening to the podcast? <gasps> oh. oh! They're travelling through time, much like General Grievous, or whatever it was you were talking General about General Grievous. Hey, podcast listeners. Why weren't you listening to the show when it came out, guys? Come on. Then you could have got in touch with us at D1 Radio. <laughs> 
All right, then my, another favourite part of mine is when she fights that dragon in the land of Ood while Ed Sheeran <laughs> plays that song in the background while she searches for Noah's enchanted Arkenstone. Noah being <laughs> Noah Baumbach, the director of the film. Yeah. 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 Is that actually the director of yes, the film? Yes, that is actually the oh, film. Who's that. also um, the Topical. partner of Greta Gerwig, who is the star and co-writer. The two of them co-wrote it together. What a wonderful, wonderful film it is. Yes, it is. And it concludes, the film does conclude, with Frances sacrificing herself to save the entire dance troupe and leaves her best friend, Mickey Sumner, to teach them all how to best live their lives. Aww. See, okay, Mickey Sumner is actually playing the best friend, so congratulations on that. Uh, oh, she's actually right. the daughter of Sting, as a piece of really? trivia. The yeah. of Sting? Yeah, she plays Sophie in the film and is the daughter of Sting. Sting um, procreated? <laughs> apparently so. Meryl Streep's daughter also appears as um, just Young someone... Young Streep. Yes. No, <laughs> <laughs> someone that Francis kind of comes across. She's in one scene, Meryl Streep's daughter. Oh, wow. No, she's not. No, sorry, that's... Um, someone's daughter... No, Zoe Kazan's sister is in one scene. Listen, Meryl Streep's daughter live on is in a number of Robbie scenes. Owen recounts the entire cast of Francis Hart. Um, Adam Driver, who's going to be in the new Star Wars film, actually, considering the references, is also in it in... He gets third billing after Gerwig and Sumner. On the new Robbie Owen Francis Hart Hour, Robbie Owen <laughs> will recount interesting and consequently disinteresting facts <laughs> about a film you probably haven't seen or ever heard of. It's it's just fantastic, so you should make a point of seeing it. Order the Robbie Owen Francis Hart box set now for only 14 payments of twelve ninety six. If you look carefully, you can see entire monologues going on in Greta Gerwig's face as Francis considers her options and considers her life and the state of it, despite there being no dialogue to say so. Order the box set now and receive a free Robbie Owen bobblehead figure. So go along with your box set. It gets common comparisons to the work of Lena Dunham, but it actually predates Girls, which also, of course, stars Adam Driver. This is D1. So, Doctor Who comes to an end this weekend, the oh, latest series. What a shame. Yeah, which I think has actually been one of the best, certainly in the last few years. Um, have you, have you both, are you both up to date? I'm pretty mm, up to date. No. I'm a few weeks behind. No, okay. So, um... Essentially, I wrote this as well before I saw last week's episode, um, which essentially, so there are no spoilers here for the finale if anyone hasn't seen it, oh, uh, including right. James. Okay. Um, essentially, Digital Spy, the popular entertainment website, mm-hmm. used to do this game whereby they would post five facts about the upcoming episode of Doctor Who in the week beforehand, but only four of them would be true, and you had to guess which one wasn't true. Um, like when the episode, and then you find out when the episode went out. Okay, right. Okay, I'm basically going to play that game. <laughs> right, okay. but seeing as I haven't seen ne- tomorrow's episode, tomorrow's finale. Okay. Yeah. I have no idea whether any of them are indeed right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so essentially, what's going to happen is we'll probably share the answers on Facebook or Twitter as to whether any of them actually happen tomorrow. Uh, you can also get in touch with us if you've got any predictions as to whether any of these five facts will happen. And I want you two to guess which of them you think is not going to happen in tomorrow's episode of Doctor Who. Simple As enough. far as I'm aware, only one of them isn't going to happen and the other four are going to come true. Right, okay. We-, we can roll with this. Okay, so number one. The Doctor is seen on screen eating a dessert. What do we think of the chances of that? Okay, I think that's quite a high chance. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that happening. That's that's got to be got to be correct. Number two, uh, Clara pauses mid sentence in what is obviously a moment of contemplation over how much she really needs the toilet, and whether it's worth her even escaping from this monster about to hold her hostage, as she's barely capable of moving at any more than a waddle, and definitely couldn't run away at any notable worth, worthwhile speed. Uh, I'm sceptical. Yeah. Okay. I'm sceptical. Bear it in mind. Bear it in mind until you've heard them all. You didn't see the farting aliens in the first series. Um, number three, the Candyman from 1988 serial The Happiness Patrol, <laughs> Patrol returns to seek vengeance. What do you think of the chance of the, happy, of the Candyman coming back? Everyone's favourite. They're, they're reprising a lot of things, I believe. Or, so I've been led to believe by the Doctor Who Facebook page that is really nice and ruins everything that's happening <laughs> on the show. Um... So it's not outside the realms of possibility, I don't think. Number four. Someone, at some stage, wears clothes. Okay, yeah, okay. That's probably going to happen. I don't think it will, to be honest. I'm not entirely sure. 
I don't know, maybe right at the end someone might put on like a pair of pants. But normally Doctor Who is basically a nudist colony of a primetime television show. Genitals galore. Yeah, everywhere. Uh, and then final, the final fact that I think, could it happen, could it not? And then I want your answer at the top five. The best individual award I won for the Nottingham Derbyshire rounds of the prestigious sixth form debating matters competition makes a cameo as a store tender in ancient Rome. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that's that's unlikely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, is that your answer? Number five. Yeah. Is it going to happen? Uh, yeah. Okay, if you're on Facebook, you're on the Twitter, you can get in touch with us at Verb Dis Radio or just Verbal Discharge, post on our wall uh, or send us a message and let us know. And anyone that manages to predict which one doesn't happen in tomorrow's episode of Doctor Who, we'll get a shout-out either on the Twitter or possibly on next week's show if we remember. In the meantime, in, enjoy the, the Who Doctor Man, and I hope you have a lovely time watching him do a space-time travel. Let us talk about the big issues of the day. Does God exist? Where does the universe come from? And verbal discharge. So here we are back in the studio. Um, and I'm about to start ripping off a popular panel show. Oh, well. Oh. You remember, Go on. Would is this, you is this the me? final straw? I oh, do I know. Would I lie to you well? Yeah, well, um, I've got two truths and a lie. Okay. Right here right. for you. Interesting. I'm just going to start off. You can question me about them if you want, if you, if you need some more background on them. So, my first set here. Um, so, sorry, to clarify, this is like the This Is My round where the guy comes on. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, okay, rather than the any of the other. Okay. Right. So I've got two truths and a lie here. Okay. You've got to guess which one's the lie. Right, okay. Right. Okay. So I once hit my 60-something, na- 60-something neighbour in the throat with a rock that I threw by accident. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. my, the next one, I once had a fight with a sheep in Cardamill Valley. And the last one is I once sat... Um, I don't know if I remember telling you, but I used to play the French horn okay. um, in a in a big orchestra band thing. Um, but when I just started learning it, I sat and mimed for an entire concert because I hadn't learned how to pro- properly play it yet. <laughs> okay. So how big was this rock to start the first how one? How big was this? It was about like that big. That's that's great that's radio the... content. Um, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if you if you open one hand very wide and put the flat part of your... It's a, it was a sizable rock. A decent-sized rock. Decent-sized rock, but okay. more importantly, how big was the sheep? How big was the sheep? It was about waist height. So uh, a, a decent-sized sheep. A decent-sized so sheep. You wrestled the sheep. Um, well, I, I was sitting down. We were on a school trip in Cardamill Valley. I had my lunch out, you know. Good old yes. mother's packed lunch with me. Yeah. And um, this, this sheep just comes over to me. And, it, and it's just one... And it's like, you what? It's wandering around me, and I, th- I thought it wanted my food, mm. and I was I, I was actually at the time quite scared of the sheep, so I, I I threw a bit of food at it, and then it kind of did the weird headbutty charging thing ah, that sheep do, yeah. and um, attacked Sheets. me, and then I proceeded to wrestle it off of me. Champion boxer that you are. I wasn't a champion boxer then, but how was, old were you? Yeah, I was about fourteen. But fourteen, and you fought off a fully sized sheep. Fully sized what? sheep. A fully the menacing sheep, sheep monster. What time of year was this? Did did it this, have its winter kind of fa- co- coat on, or was it was had it been shaved? It, it wasn't shaved. It was it was woolly. So it had some padding. It, it had a bit of padding to, to absorb the blows. Time, <laughs> padding. <I> was <laughs> punching it. <to laughs> the death. sheep had prepared for the fight. It was wearing a head guard. It was a bit more of the. It had its little sheep mouth Brazilian jiu-jitsu kind of thing going on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the third one was you mimed playing the French horn. That sounds real. That sounds like something you'd you'd have to do. Mm. What songs were you playing on your French horn? Well, I wasn't playing any because I was miming. Oh, <laughs> oh, he dodges uh, the question well. Uh, Very skillful. There was all sorts of brass songs, though, playing things like The Great Escape and all those beautiful things. So, just going back to it, you hit your neighbour in the throat with a rock. Yeah. How old was your neighbour? About 60-something. What's their name? Oh, God, what was her name? It was something, it was something, I'm pretty sure it was Barb's or Barbara or something like that. Okay. This was but my first time. This was before I moved and I was the very big, young. The big so how question. old were you? How old were you? About seven. About seven. Why did you throw the rock? 
I don't know. I was just throwing it, and I was. I was it. just throwing it. Throwing it, it in the general direction down. of people. Yeah, but you know, down garden. But I, I was throwing it, and it just slipped out my hand and went to the side. I was throwing it, and it just slipped out of your. You weren't meaning to throw it, but you were just throwing it. <laughs> you know, I was a child. You know what? I think that I... does not. No, that doesn't clear anything up. Were you throwing it, or did it slip out of your I, hand? I was clear your story it, up. But it slipped out of my hand before I. You got were throwing the full it, basically. Right, okay, so you were aiming to throw it over your neighbour no, and sl- safely into the garden with the sheep where you would have killed side. that they and prevented up. it attacking you when you were 14 years old. Instead, it slips and kills your neighbour. Wait, wasn't he seven during this one? Yeah, so it's seven years in advance. That sheep was but a lamb then. Right. Uh, do we have answers? Um. See, okay. I, I, I'm confident the sheep thing is real and the brass horn is isn't funny enough for you to have made up so i'm gonna say the you didn't throw a rock at your neighbor Um, i can appreciate that you might have pelted your neighbor with a rock but to be honest i think there's a chance i'm skeptical that you ever played a french horn (laughs) i'm i'm gonna go with c I want to go A, but I'm... Robbie said that, so I've got to disagree with him. It was the lie was actually fighting the sheep in Cardinal Valley. Ah. I was sure you told me that story before. He's fooled us <laughs> all. Okay. Did you fight anything in a in a bay? Um, in a bay, it was a valley. Oh, it was a valley. <laughs> oh well. See, but that no, changes um... my answer. I would have said B in that case. Ah, <laughs> oh, tragic. So no, that that was that was good. You, you tricked us all, Jordan. Well done. I'm a terrible liar. No, a good liar. Is D1. But not for much longer, it isn't. In fact, no, I got that wrong. <laughs> it, is, it is D1, but it won't be verbal discharge for much longer. We are coming up to uh, up to seven, and that means that it's time for us to go and hand over to the Rock and Alternative show. However, first, before we hand over to Dan and to Jenny, yes, it's time for us to ponder what on this week's show... Have we learned? What are the ultimate messages that we've had this week? What have, what have we gained? What have we garnered? I'm not going to go for a quotation here because I'm just I'm just not got that good a memory. But I realise that there are no right answers, <laughs> right? And that the world is. No, what was it? I can't even remember what we learnt from the Illuminati papers. <laughs> yeah, now. I learned the fact that that question about walking, horseback, car. And then space, what follows that? Yeah. Could be anything. So in theory, that could have been pancakes. Pancake, that could have been yeah. the the Third Reich. That this could have been what follows. That could have been the next the stage Reich. of humanity. Pancakes Those are your technological advancements right now. I feel... Pancakes in the Third Reich is actually my uh, debut album. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've learned, well, all sorts of things. I've learned that um, Robbie is surprisingly good... At doing a female voice, <laughs> more than anything. I was alluring, wasn't I? And I've learned that apparently Doctor Who's on tomorrow, <laughs> so that's worth knowing, and it's also worth you knowing, listeners, because pff, presumably you watch it. And I have learned a number of things, not least the fact that um, the. Gamer Grub is not as widely received, and thankfully, hopefully, I was done. That was it. I was existence prior to apart from the the mentioning it. Wasn't um, no. So generally, I feel we've we've learned not that much for this week's show. We might, as a target for next week, might look to be more educational. David Attenborough's joining us next week. (laughs) Yes, forgot to mention that. Yeah. For the lack of Ben, we booked a special guest star next week in David Attenborough. BBC and documentary legend mm. David Attenborough, or Sir David Attenborough, as he's, yeah. as he's known. Yeah, yeah, and he'll be with us. Uh, Robbie, final word of the show. Yeah. Um, so just in the meantime, the oh. podcast will be available on Monday. That's more um, than a word. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a variety of words, but it's necessary. Uh, the podcast should be available on Monday, as well as the uh, Facebook. You can follow. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, we're Verbal Discharge. And Twitter, we're at Verb Dis Radio. We'll be posting things during the week. We're hoping to launch a new thing on the Wednesday in terms of an article. Uh, sorry, James, last word of the show. It is obviously worth mentioning. Thanks a lot to anyone who has actually listened for the past two hours and thanks to always or as always yes. to Hannah Sandon yes. who I think I... promotes the show more than we do <laughs> cheers for that one Hannah it's always appreciated Robbie final word of the show Sandon